Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are so grateful that you've joined us this morning. I am one of your hosts this morning, Brad Gray. I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Sather. Good morning to you, Nathan. Good morning, Brad. Good to be here with you this morning. This is the first time we've done this together. This is exciting. It is, it is exciting. I'm very excited today. So, well, as we get this thing started, Nathan, uh, do you want to lead us in prayer and placing this all in the, the hands of our Lord? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dearest Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the gift of our lives, and we are thankful for the love that you bestow upon us. We ask you to help us to know you more and to receive the love you have for us this day. We're grateful for all of our guests that will join us today. We're thankful for Brad and all the staff here at Real Presence Radio, how you've placed them into this place for a specific purpose. We ask you to bless our bodies and the bodies of all of our listeners this day, that you may strengthen our bodies, that we may do your will in all things. And we offer up uh, this particular program, these two hours, to our Blessed Lady. May you, uh, Mary, who is our mother, uh, do with this program whatever it is that you will and in accordance with the will of your Son. And we ask this through your intercession as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saints Anne and Joachim, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Nathan. Oh, you're welcome. And we also have this morning, Eli on the other side of the glass. Good morning to you, Eli. Good morning, Brad. How are you today? Fabulous. Blessed. How about yourself? You know, I'm. this is the first time in a while that I've been able to walk into work without feeling super cold. So I'm feeling very happy about that. First time you've been able to walk in general without the limbs just <laughs> locking up from the cold, huh? I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. But <laughs> sure. So, Eli, what have we got coming up this morning? All right, we got a lot coming up on this morning's show. We've reached a, an important turning point for those who are preparing to come into the church. It's called the right of election, and it's where RCIA candidates need to make a, de- a definitive decision on if they will become Catholic this Easter. We'll visit with one of these candidates, Matt Finiseth, to hear about his journey thus far and find out why why he was drawn to become Catholic. And have you heard of the Exodus 90 program, Brad? I have. You have. I indeed. Well, if you haven't heard of it and you're wondering what it's all about, James Baxter, co-founder and executive director of Those Catholic Men, will give us an inside look at how Exodus 90 began, what the program involves, and why over over 6,000 men are currently taking on this journey. Ooh. And do you, Nathan, do you feel comfortable praying for physical healing? Uh, you know, not as well as I should be. You well, did you, did, did you know that healing <laughs> plays an important role in evangelization? Deacon Mike McEwen of the Diocese of New Ulm will share some powerful stories of healing that he has experienced and talk about how these stories can open the door for sharing our faith with others. That and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Sounds fantastic. Thanks, Eli. You're welcome, Brad. Well, Nathan, we're ready to start another one, right? I'm always ready. This is, this is the best, uh, I don't know exactly what the word is, but blessing or opportunity that i get to do to be
be a, uh, a guest host of Real Presence Live, so it's always a joy and a blessing for me. And I don't get to spend nearly as much Brad Gray time as yeah, I would like yeah. to. So to be able to Poor combine thing. these two things together, <laughs> you know, like something bad is definitely going to happen to me today because the day is just starting off so good. No, no, it, uh, it's, it only gets better from here. We've got sunny weather, I think, coming. So Do, do we? That's, just that's what I hear. For just today? I, I, I think, what, Wednesday? Yeah, I don't want to depress the audience too bad, in the, at least in the North Dakota, Minnesota areas. I, but I've I've heard there's more snow coming on Wednesday. Well, I think that you know in the months to come we have lots more sunny weather coming. I, presumably, I, I have heard that the groundhog didn't see his shadow, so winter winter was gone in four months, right? So so summer, yeah, <laughs> summer summer will be here in four months, and then winter will come back again in five months. Can't wait. So you know, it just it's the seasons that we get around here are just uh, a huge blessing to all of us. For sure, absolutely. <laughs> Keeps out all the riffraff, that's for sure. So, speaking of riffraff... <laughs> that is a terrible segue. That is a terrible segue. We are joined this morning by Matt Finisep. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Uh, I, I'm ragging on Matt because uh, Matt's going through uh, my RCIA program at the Cathedral of St. Mary in Fargo. And Matt, uh, we really are excited that, to have you on this morning. It's a it's, uh, privilege to have you and to be able to give you the opportunity to share you know, what the Lord's been doing in, mm-hmm. in your life and your heart. So you're an RCI candidate. You're preparing to be received in the church. Talk about what you're feeling and what this whole experience has been like so far. Um, it's been a very good experience. Um, I actually didn't know that we had an RCIA program. I didn't know how to join the church. I just kind of came to the resolution that I was going to join the church, and then I figured it out from there, and I was like, oh, well, there's this big process. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. So I was ready. For my right of acceptance was before RCIA, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's been good. I've been very impressed with the program that you and Mary have been running. Uh, it's been very thorough, very orthodox. Praise God. Yeah. So, And I've actually been recommending it to a lot of people uh, that I know who didn't have the best catechesis. Because they can, you know, there are some people who do that already, but yep, it's yep. a great way to well, learn. Fantastic. Matt, your story is kind of an interesting one. It'd be, it'd be fun to kind of retrace the steps a little bit. Mm-hmm. What, you know, where did you start off and what brought you here? Um, well, I was raised Lutheran, but I was enrolled into the Catholic school system in Fargo for pre-K through high school. Mm-hmm. And so I graduated, and um, what really brought me into the faith was when I got out of the house, when I got out of the house and I went to college and I was out in the world and the world is very ugly. Mm-hmm. And it was just the, uh, really the soul crushing reality of modernism that drives a lot of people into the arms of the church because you go out there and it just wants to kill your soul and you realize that it's not true. And so the only way to, the only place to go is to the church. And so that's where I ended up going because I wanted to find out an understanding of why things were the way they were. I wasn't looking for religion. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I, you can't help but find it. So it's an interesting deal. I mean, you went through 12 years of Catholic school mm-hmm. as a non-Catholic. Yeah. And, and now it's, it's been several years since you graduated, right? And Yeah, it was and in 2013. All of a sudden, you're, you're finding yourself now kind of walking into the arms of the church. What, what was that like for you growing up as a non-Catholic, going to Catholic school? And you know, what's kind of precipitated that, uh, that shift for you? Um, it was, I don't know, it was like a fish in water, I guess. I didn't yeah. feel weird about it. Um, they were pretty welcoming. My family wasn't too religious, so it was kind of like, this is just religious education for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt natural to me. Um, what really brought, what helped bring me back was that understanding and going back and realizing how 
I didn't fully understand what my religion teachers were telling me. And so just making that connection made it a lot easier to come back and realize that this was the true church and that its teachings are true. Wow. So were you finding as you're going through the RCIA process that a lot of this stuff is familiar or is it, are you kind of encountering it anew or what's it like for you in that? Yeah, I did find a lot of it was familiar. Um, some of it was actually, because it's for adults, um, there were some things that weren't covered in my high school classes because it was a little too intricate. Like one, one that comes to mind is when we talked about marriage and how it's a reflection of the Trinity. Mm. And that's a little bit more depth um, that you kind of receive in the RCIA program that I didn't receive even in Catholic school, which is why I recommend it because it's good catechesis. Yeah. Have there been um have there been hurdles along the way as you've as you kind of come close to this? I know you've again, you've kind of throughout your whole formative life you've been exposed to Catholicism, yeah. but were there things that that you encountered that's like I don't not sure what to think about that. Um not really. It it really wasn't too difficult to convince me philosophically um that it's the truth. It's just having to follow up with it and submit to the authority of the church, which is the most difficult part, I imagine, for everybody in America. Sure. Not a very uh, submissive people. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm curious, in my own faith journey, I, I came to the church very much as an intellectual process. There was no you know knees on the floor, Lord, mm-hmm. please help me. It was always wanting to know what was true. So what was the leap for you, whether it was completely secular or your Lutheran upbringing that caused you to say, wow, maybe the the fullness of the truth is the term that we as Catholics Mm. usually use, that the fullness of the truth really is found in this seemingly uh, archaic institution. Um, How how was that for you? Um, Well, I was kind of coming from a totally secular background. And what really got me actually, funny enough, was uh, I think it was Thomas Aquinas' argument for motion just uh, being able to prove the existence of God was enough because then I could fall back on everything that I had learned. And then I spent a lot of time arguing with people who weren't religious or people who were Protestants (laughs) or people who were Eastern Orthodox. And so that really helped develop my understanding of the faith because I had to counter their arguments and uh, they really don't have any good objections. So, Mm. And I, I find that kind of fascinating in my own journey a little bit was, you know, the one particular issue that got it started for me was the Immaculate Conception. Like, how, how could Catholics be so foolish to think that a human person, not, not Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. but a strictly human person could literally live their entire life without sin when Scripture says all sinned and fall short mm-hmm. of God's glory? And to, to come to that conclusion, well, the, the Catholic Church was right on this one thing, but, you know, just must have just, just got lucky. Yeah, you right. Know? <laughs> and, then, and then there's the next one, and then the next one. You keep going down the line, and, and each one of these things is, oh, wow, there's an argument for this. This is, this is legitimately true. And then I personally got scared because, mm-hmm. like you said, now I have to submit myself yeah. to this authority, and I really don't want to. And my wife at that time didn't want to either. So yeah. what, what will this mean for my life, for my marriage? Like, are, are you, I'm assuming you're well past the fear stage, but did you have those, yeah. <laughs> those stages of joy and then fear and then you still want more, but yet you're afraid? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of that, especially coming from a background that wasn't very religious or at the, the very least was rebellious. Mm. Um, so just the realization that this is the way it is and that's the way it has to be, um, I just kind of faced it. <laughs> but that's not to say that I'm like a perfect Catholic. I still struggle with uh, different things. But 
In, in the moral life or the, the, the intellectual understanding the faith portion? Oh, or no. Both? In, intellectual is really easy for me. That's really what brought me over. It's, it's kind of like living the moral life mm-hmm. is the hardest part. And especially all of the sacrifice and mortification <laughs> yeah. that comes along with it. Yeah. But I, I understand intellectually that it, it has to be that way. I remember Chesterton once said something to the effect of the, the most difficult passages for him were not the ones that were hard to understand, but the ones that were you know, blindingly obvious <laughs> of the scriptures. That, yeah. that uh, the Lord is, he puts demands on us. I was talking with my kids mm-hmm. the other night about you know, the, the aspects of, you know, they were watching this show, um, cartoon show, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Where, mm-hmm. And I had never seen this before. It's got fun little stories, but it's, it's got kind of an Eastern... Yeah. sort of religion to it. Yeah. And so we we're talking about, you know, Hinduism and, you know, why it's attractive because a lot of these shows, these kids shows, mm-hmm. Kung Fu Panda and others, they like that sort of Eastern flair. And I'm like, well, you know, in one sense, there's a spirituality, there's a power, you're going mm-hmm. to be, you're a part of God, but it doesn't place any demands on you. Whereas Jesus yeah. is very demanding. Oh, yeah. And, and so that's a, that's a big deal. Now you, Matt, you're, mm-hmm. you're engaged to be married. You talked about how the the kind of the the church's uh, understanding of God's design for marriage and sexuality mm-hmm. was something that you saw as, as kind of rich and enticing. What what's that like for you as a guy who's engaged, uh, looking to enter into marriage? As you've been encountering the church's, you know, the church's vision for what your marriage is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's a little daunting. Yeah, uh, because you have to come to the realization that uh, a lot of people in our world, especially a lot of people that you interact with on a daily basis that I interact mm-hmm. with, maybe not here in the studio, but uh, they're <laughs> pretty fond of uh, putting off having children right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they don't have a problem with using contraception or anything like that. So that's one of the things that's been kind of uh, worrisome, I guess. Yeah. Not, not because I don't think it's right, but because I'm preparing to live that reality yeah. once I get married. Um, and so just having kids and having as many as you, Brad, <laughs> I'm going to have to worry <laughs> about being able to pay for it also. It's all uh, unique to every one of us to what God's call is, yeah. right? You know, there are those <laughs> that wish that they could have gobs of kids and they're, they're never blessed with it. Yeah. There are others that gobs of kids. Is the, I think that's the technical term is gobs. Uh, you know, like you got a gaggle of geese and you've got gobs of children. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful reality that uh, mm-hmm. that the Lord has such an individualized plan for each one of our lives, all within the framework of mm-hmm. truth and goodness and, and beauty, uh, but but still tailored to all, how He's made our each one of our hearts. Mm-hmm. So Matt, um, we just had the right of election, mm-hmm. uh, and you know Bishop Folda made the statement, which I think couldn't have been more true. He said, you know, I think we could hold this right in July and it would still snow because yeah. every year there's a storm on the right of election. So there's always mm-hmm. a big portion of the people that aren't able to come. But for those of, of you who are listening and, and aren't familiar with what the right of election is, this is, uh, as Eli uh, previewed this, the right of election is kind of the, the decision point for those going through the RCIA. Up to this point, it's kind of been, there's there's been, you know, the first period is, Come to the church and just find out answers to your questions. Find out what the gospel is through Catholic eyes, but without commit, without any, mm-hmm. making any commitment. And yeah. then there's the first right is the right of uh, acceptance, the right of welcoming, depending upon whether you're baptized or not. And at that point, uh, one commits to the formal process of mm-hmm. education, uh, of, of what you know, St. Augustine referred to as the catechumenate. Um, and so then it's, it's kind of, I'm committing to this, this process of be, you know, living like a Catholic and um, trying out Catholicism, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying I'm going to become Catholic. The right of election is saying I'm going to become mm-hmm. Catholic. It's now a period of a spiritual preparation for mm-hmm. those who are preparing to enter into the church. What was that like for you, 
going through the rite of election yesterday, meeting Bishop Folda, mm-hmm. um, being surrounded by those who are making this same journey? Um, I guess for me, it was kind of just like going through the process dispassionately mm-hmm. because I had already settled that I was going to become Catholic before I even joined the RCIA program. But it was good to see that there were other people who were making the same transition, albeit maybe for different reasons. But Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we're, we're down to just the last minute and a half or so. But you know, for you, Matt, we're, we've just got this Lenten period ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And then you're received into the Catholic Church. You make your first communion. You get confirmed. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to uh, at the Easter Vigil? I'm looking forward to... Uh the Easter Vigil. I've never been to one. It yeah. sounds spectacular, and I'm I'm looking forward to being introduced into the church finally. Yeah, finally being Catholic. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite mass of the year. Oh, yeah. It's it's not mm-hmm. even close. I I drag all the kids out, <laughs> um, and I I try to go to a mass where I know someone is coming into the church. Yeah. Uh, my wife came into the church at the Easter Vigil. We've had children baptized at the Easter Vigil. Mm-hmm. The readings phenomenal yeah. it's 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 literally a, it's, it's a life-changing mass it really is it puts you in the context of the covenant history of of mm-hmm. god's action in time yeah. it's beautiful you relive relive all of human history mm-hmm. in one evening yeah. and, and yeah. while the easter vigil is like three hours long if you do all the readings and all that yeah. it, it feels like half an hour it, it just does. flies it by it's so rich i'm excited for you matt i'm, I'm excited too and uh, i'm really grateful that you were able to come on today yeah, thank, thank you for, you for having time thank you for privilege. responding to the lord god's call um i i know you know while life always has challenges um, that there's there's the beautiful reality that he walks alongside us in the midst of that. So, yeah. um, God bless you. We're excited to have you coming on today and coming into the uh, the church this Easter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to have to take our first break now. We've got lots coming up in the show. We have straight talk uh, with Father Charles Lacroix at nine thirty. Plus, have you heard of the Exodus ninety program? There's uh, more on that, and we have powerful stories of healing and hope. Coming up soon on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Brian Cuiava of the Diocese of Crookston. One of my favorite things in the entire world is spending time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, Jesus gives himself to us in his body and his blood in the Holy Eucharist. And it's such a gift for him to be like living in our midst in a very special and unique way. He's with us in the Holy Eucharist where he gives us his body and his blood, not only for us to consume and at Holy Mass and Holy Communion, but also so that we can go to Him periodically throughout the day, periodically throughout the week, throughout the months, uh, whatever it is, to spend time with Him, just to simply adore Him, to offer our prayers to Him, to offer our suffering, to talk to Him about our joys and and our struggles, to just simply be with Him. So I just really want to encourage you to, to find a church where the Blessed Sacrament is found and to spend some time there just to adore Jesus and simply be with Him and to rest with Him in silence. 
Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Here's a special programming note. Sunday, March 17th, marks the second Sunday of Lent and traditionally the feast day of St. Patrick. Because of this, at 11 a.m. Central Time, Augustine Institute Radio Theater will present The Trials of St. Patrick, a new and lively look into St. Patrick's spiritual odyssey through hardship, loss, and forgiveness, plus what inspired him to evangelize the very nation where he had been enslaved. It's the special presentation, The Trials of St. Patrick, Sunday, March 17th, beginning at 11 a.m. Central. Don't miss it. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am your gracious co-host, Nathan Sather. I'm here with uh, a good friend and fellow brother, uh, Brad Gray. Brad, welcome. Thank you, Nathan. And we just had a wonderful conversation with Matt Finneseth, talking about his uh, coming into the church. But in this segment, we're joined by Mr. James Baxter, who is the co-founder and executive director of Those Catholic Men. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about an initiative called Exodus 90. We're going to find out what that is and why over 6,000 men are currently taking this journey together. Welcome, Mr. Baxter, to Real Presence Live. Hey, Brad and Nathan. Good morning, and good morning to everybody. It's awesome to share this time with you. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, it's our pleasure. Trust me, this is a great blessing for us to have you with us today. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've heard of Exodus 90, uh, and... I know a little bit through a friend of mine, but I really don't know how it began, where the idea came from. Can we kind of start there and explain yourself a little bit about what you do there with uh, being the executive director of those Catholic men? Yeah, perfect. So Exodus 90 is a 90-day spiritual exercise for Catholic men. Uh, It started as a formation program out in a seminary uh, about five years ago. Uh, and after years of success, kind of walking young men through the book of Exodus, uh, taking on a pretty intense prayer and penitential regimen, uh, and becoming accountable to each other, uh, these young seminarians were finding themselves more free and more capable of, of serving the Church in freedom as they, as they ought to. And so um, pretty shared with me a little bit about this story, and um, yeah, I've just been working ever since to... Uh, share this, uh, well, first to translate it into the hustle and bustle of lay life, and then to share this with as many men as possible. And so, uh, you know, that's a little bit about uh, the background of it and uh, my work with it. Say, James, uh, I'm curious, you know, it's Exodus 90. What, uh, why specifically Exodus? I mean, there are a lot of great books in the Bible. Why, <laughs> why do you turn your attention to Exodus? Yeah, I think it's a powerful image for men today. 
uh, mostly because when we look at that story, the Israelites, uh, it's super ironic because uh, they're, they're exceedingly strong, the scriptures say, and growing, and yet they're enslaved. And it's like the more powerful they become, the greater they find themselves stuck in bondage. And this is true for men today, men who are so capable uh, of great things for God, for the Church, for their families and communities. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, our power uh, can often be used against us and drive us into habits that are unbecoming of, of Christian men uh, and make us not so fruitful evangelists in our time. And so um, I think it's a, it's a powerful image for men who are also powerful and yet frequently stuck, even good Catholic men. And so, um, yeah, there's something about that story, the story of, you know, the plagues and traveling through the Red Sea and the long, hard journey through the desert um, in community that uh, I think has really captivated men uh, and uh, has excited them to form small fraternities all around the country uh, to take on the the challenging uh, spiritual exercise. If you're just tuning in, uh, my name is Nathan Sather, and I'm with Brad Gray. We're talking to James Baxter a little bit about Exodus 90 and uh, the good work that they're doing there with this initiative. Um, kind of curious, you know, what what are the basis of the program? Uh, what 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 are you calling people to do through this initiative, James? Yeah, so through 90 days, we're asking men to pray a holy hour. So that's um, kind of a high demand, but you know, we just kind of have a uh, a belief that uh, even though we think we're super busy and we don't have time for God, it's only because our lives are full of things that, that don't actually matter. And so um, when you remove the junk, time for God opens up. And uh, so we encourage our men to pray for an hour a day. Uh, you walk through the book of Exodus, you take a, a you know a scripture every day, uh, you're guided by a meditation uh, that we've written to help your contemplative prayer time. Um, and then you take on a pretty intense, you know, penitential regimen. The thing that most people know about Exodus is that you take cold showers, <laughs> and a lot of people kind of balk at that uh, because they can be challenging, to say the least. We encourage regular exercise, full night's sleep, abstaining from alcohol, desserts, sweets, and eating between meals, and any really sweetened drinks. The other big thing about Exodus is that we try to return technology to its proper domain mm. as a tool, so we don't leisure on technology during Exodus 90. So there's no movies, there's no television, there's no, there's no sports, uh, there's certainly no video games. Uh, and then we also encourage men to, to, to really refrain from any non-essential material purchases um, as well, and then only listening to music that lifts the soul to God. So um, that can sound like a lot, uh, but in addition to that, we fast on Wednesday and Friday. So every Wednesday and Friday during Exodus 90, uh, you treat them as you would Ash Wednesday or Good Friday, as the Church recommends. So, um, all that's to say, one of the things our men you know, realize early on is that um, they have a lot more time on their hands. They have a lot more time to focus at work, to get their work done. And when they go home to their wives, they're not distracted, and they're not just lost in the, you know, the attachments that they have. They're playing with their kids again. And obviously, those relational fruits start first in prayer. And because they're praying... You know, it, it kind of reverberates throughout their life. So um, it can be a lot, but it's totally doable. And at this point, we've got over 15,000 men through Exodus wow. in our first three years. And so for those that would say, I just can't do that, I'd encourage you to walk into your church. You'll probably find somebody who has done it and uh, probably bore fruit for them. I, I know that I'm not doing all of them. I had a good friend of mine that I mentioned that told me about it. Uh, I'm trying to take a couple things a day, so maybe next year. <laughs> but 
I, I totally agree with you on the Lent aspect because in our family, we fast every day during Lent as, as our routine um, penitential offering for each day. And it doesn't take you long to realize these are things I should be doing anyway. Uh, and why we don't always incorporate them throughout the year is just a, a reminder of how foolish, I guess, mm. we are. And so I'm always thankful for initiatives such as this that remind us of the things that are actually important. Like you mentioned, playing with your kids. Um, we we are very busy. We have lots of practical concerns, but we often make those things the most important things, and they're just not. So I I, I certainly just want to thank you, James, for highlighting that because it's, it's too easy even for us faithful folks who are striving to grow in holiness to forget the, the practical wisdom and what you're trying to encourage men to do, uh, let alone those who are not even trying to do that. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, have you, do you have stories of, that people get back to you telling you about how being through the program has impacted their lives and their relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so, uh, you know, to be honest with you, uh, one story that just comes to mind, I was at a high school not too long ago, and a young man just said to me, you know, James, I've never gone in to pray before and realized that there's a whole world that opens up when you pray. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the thing he kept saying was, like, I just get, he, he used the word lost, but in a very positive way. Like, there's just so much to receive there. Yeah. Like, drink, drinking from a, from a fire hose. And that's the truth. I mean, the contemplative life, I mean, like, without it, we don't, we're not even seeing half of the equation of our lives, you know. And um, it's so beautiful that by kind of reordering our focus and making that time for God and making that time for our relationships, uh, you're right, new worlds that are right in front of you open yeah. up. We've and, got about, uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, I was going to say, we've got about 30 seconds left. If people are interested in learning more, what should they do, James? Yeah, so you can just go to exodus90.com. Uh, there's some powerful promo video there. Uh, we also launched applications both for iOS and Android, so you can just download the app uh, and kind of get a feel for uh, you know what Exodus 90 is about and what it entails. It certainly takes a bit of preparation, um, but we do have men joining up every day. So uh, you're welcome to be one of them. That's outstanding. Well, I tell you what, thank you, James. We appreciate your time, and thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning. Hey, God bless you both, Rad Nathan. God bless you. Cheers. God bless you. God bless you, too. And all the men that are doing the great... Uh, Exodus 90 program that you put together. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. Well, Nathan, we're getting ready to move along, right? Well, it doesn't take long. Here he comes. We are joined now by Father Charles LaCroix for our Straight Talk segment. Good morning to you, Father. What's up, listening audience of Real Presence Radio? Awesome. It's good to be here. I'd like to thank the Academy, too, for voting for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The Academy? The Academy. Yeah. The Academy. The only Academy. So if I say The Academy, everyone knows what we're talking Everybody about? Everybody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd like to join us in this segment, this is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith. There are things happening in the world around us. Maybe there's a news story that you want to talk about or something else going on. Um, if you want to just depress the audience, you could call and talk about the weather. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and you can do that by calling one 795 0122. You can also reach out to us on the Facebook page for the Real Presence Radio Network. And so we're just looking forward to having you 
uh, call in and spend some time with Father Charles. I don't get as much Father Charles time as I would like to, so this is your <laughs> opportunity to... Is that a blessing or a curse? That's that is a question. blessing, Father. It is an absolute <laughs> blessing. Every every moment I get to spend with you is a blessing, if for no other reason than you have epic facial hair. That's right. I try. You know. <laughs> I shave once in a while just to make it look good. but And know. it does. And it yeah, does. You succeed. Just, the, the old Fu Manchu mustache has to carry on. And once I had a, a full beard, you know, for many years, yeah. and then I shaved that off and I go, ah, I got to keep some of it, you know. <laughs> so I kept the old uh, the mustache. And in Detroit, this is how we wear it. I believe know, it. Just yeah. all the way down. And we don't braid it. A lot of students, um, Chan, um, the Shanley High School chaplain and Sullivan Mill School chaplain, and they want to know, hey, why don't you grow it uh, longer and then you can braid it? But like like in, you're a dwarf or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. We're, we we're don't not, want that. We're not into that yet. See, dwarves so. want to be like you, Father. You shouldn't try to be like them. Uh, well, that, you know, I mean, I think the the mutual uh, respect goes both ways. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Well, get off the line and uh, join us in conversation with Father Charles Lacroix. You can call in at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or look us up on Facebook. Submit your questions or comments there, Father. We were just talking with uh, with the founder of the Exodus ninety program, James Baxter. And uh, is this something that you're familiar with, the Exodus 90? Do you know guys that are doing that? Uh, actually, yes. Yeah. I just found out. I uh, called my one sister over the weekend, and um, my nephew, who's like 15 years old or mm. whatever, he's doing it. Wow. So I was like, whoa, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know? So, And then I know some people at the school that are doing it, and uh, so it's a great program. And I know a couple of priests, at yep. least one, that I know that that is doing it, so... Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a way of kind of coming allowing you gotta kinda empty yourself mm-hmm. when you during Lent and you wanna you do that because you wanna have more of God. As right. Saint John the Baptist said, I must decrease but so I can let the Lord increase. And yeah. so that's really kind of what life is all about, getting rid of ourselves in a sense, so that we can invite God more in and he's gonna be the center of our life and no one else because he's the only one that can actually fill that bill, you know, to, to be our all in all. And so, um, welcome to, welcome to excess 90. Welcome to Lent. Welcome to planet earth, you know, and God's always revealing himself, but we have to, in a sense, as mother St. Teresa of Calcutta, I should say said, and that is get out of the way of God's plan. So he has great plans for us. He wants to do great things in us, through us, with us, and for us. But we have to get out of the way. We have to uh, put our own agenda on the shelf and actually make God's agenda our main goal in life. So that's Amen. great. And and Lent is a great time to do that because I think there are special graces. Even in a, one of our prefaces of the Eucharistic prayer, uh, we say that you know God has prepared this sacred time. So it is a special time. It's a, it's a time where God is giving us special graces that perhaps he doesn't give us any other time of the year. So as we heard in our readings uh, you know, up to this point, you know, now is the time St. Paul is exhorting us. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of, of, you know, repentance and conversion. So let's not waste time. Let's not think that, you know, I think if I may go on a little bit here, but Please. I, I do go off on tangents. So you guys just keep me grounded, <laughs> but you know, one of the great tactics of the devil is to, to try to convince us that we have more time. If you want to convert, that's fine. The devil says, but don't do it now. You don't have to do it now. If you want to, you know, allow God to be the center of your life, you can do that, but do it later on. Don't do it right now. You got time for that. You know, if you want to get rid of your sins, that's great, but don't do it now. You got time 
uh, if you want, you, you got life to live. You can worry about that stuff later in life, but don't listen to him. You know why? A lot of people think, well, isn't it unfair that the thief on the cross got heaven? He was able to live a, a reparate life, you know, during his earthly life. Is, isn't that kind of a unfair to us that he, you know, led a life of disrepute and was given heaven at the end? Actually, no, it's a disservice to himself because he wasn't able to experience God's greatness throughout his entire life because of the choices that he made. So, no, don't don't think that uh, we're being cheated out of everything. He's the one that was being cheated because he didn't experience the joy, the peace, and the happiness that comes with following God and making his will first in our lives. Yeah. Father, you spoke about uh, the use of time. We have Paula on the phone from South Dakota. She has a question regarding the use of our time. Paula, are you there? I am, if you can hear me. Yep, we can hear you, Paul. Great. What's your question for Father? Okay. Well, my question is, um, sports, um, sports, sports yeah. in our lives where it's kind of taken over the weekends yeah. and, you know, even our own lives, we have kids that are in sports and right. we have never, never missed math on the weekends. We make sure that's our first thing. Right. But it's just kind of sad how it's just monopolized Yes. The country. Yeah, I know. And just your perspective on it. Yeah, this is my pet peeve. So, Paul, I didn't know you didn't know that, but this is my pet peeve that, you know, uh, I once read an article said that uh, ball has become ball. So B-A-L-L has become B-A-A-L, you know, so that we worship sports and sports is great. You know, we read about it even in scripture, you know, you got to be all you can be and God gave us body and soul and you can, you know, be you can reach certain heights in sports and they can teach you certain virtues. And so I'm all for sports. I love sports. I'm a big sports nut. In fact, one of my first, you know, email addresses involved the phrase sports nut. So anyway, but I totally sympathize with you, Paula. And you know, what we have to do, I think is to put in its proper perspective to try to, uh, what I would like to see, I might just cut to the quick here. What I'd like to see is, Parents that are involved in sports that have either practices or games on Sundays unite, you know, revolt and go to the powers that be in that particular sport or that club or whatever it is. Say, hey, look, uh, we're united in this and we don't want Sunday activities. We don't want practice. We don't want games. And, you know, if if that's what you're going to do, uh, then we're, we're out. You know, so I know that takes a lot of courage i know it takes a lot of uh, boldness but you know why not investigate if we can leave sunday alone you know monday through saturday we're taxing our kids to the hilt you know and so can we just have a day where we're going to uh, chill out enjoy each other as family so what i would do is try to maybe even take incremental steps like uh, let's just have a you know, if we, if we can't possibly not practice right now because things are already in motion, well, let's practice less or let's not have as many games on Sunday. So, and then try to work your way to the point where you can say, we're just going to leave Sunday free for family, for the Lord, and just the recuperation of our bodies and our spirits. So I, that's what I would do. I would just kind of talk to other parents, get their take on it, start to move towards the goal of leaving Sundays totally on uh, by themselves so that Monday through Saturday, yeah, work like a dog, you know, but <laughs> on on Sunday it's time it's time to rest. God gave us this day special for a reason. He knows of what we're made. He knows how we tick and how we roll. 
and what we're made of. So uh, he knows what he's doing when he says, hey, let's rest one day. Yeah. And if I can just add on top of that, uh, Father, um, and Paula, I, I agree with you on the sports thing, but I don't think it's just sports. I love my mother to death, but my mother and I years ago got into a huge fight because after Mass on Sunday, she'd want to go out to eat. And I would say, I'm not going to a restaurant on Sunday. Now, if I have to, I'm traveling or I have to fly for work and that's the only day I can fly, I don't have a choice in that. I obviously have to eat. But why does the waitress have to give up her Sunday or be pressured by her boss to serve me food on Sunday if I don't have to? Uh, why can't we go home mm-hmm. and make sandwiches for lunch after Mass? Why do we have to go to Denny's or, or something else? So while the context of your question is sports, I think those of us who really think Sunday should be a sacred and holy day have to challenge ourselves to avoid going to any kind of open establishment. Now, I'll caveat that to the audience. That's that's my personal uh, conviction. That's not church teaching. You're not you're not committing a sin by going to Denny's on right. Sunday. Right. But but I do wonder. Mm. The, what about Applebee's? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's a sin to go to Applebee's any day, Father. Right? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, I disagree. But but I, I I would I would challenge on that sports question. It's not just sports. If we think Sunday is a holy day, we can't just limit it only to sports. Is the problem? It might be our activities and other facets as well. Absolutely. Yeah, All right. I agree. Well, thanks so much for calling Thank in, you. Paula. Thank you, Paula. Yep. Thanks. Yep, All right. Bye. So we've got Father Charles Lacroix in studio here. If you want to get on the co- in the conversation with Father Charles, call in at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have Peter in Fargo on the phone uh, for you, Father. Are you there, Peter? Yeah. Awesome, Peter. Right. What's, what's your question for Father? Um. I don't know why. I can't remember. Oh, you kind of broke. Peter sounds like he's flying a jet engine while what, he's what, on Real Presence Radio what Live. Can, what can little boys do for Lent? What can little boys do for Lent? Oh, great. Yeah. Now, you're not a little boy, right, Peter? You're like, what, about 39 yeah, years old? 40-ish, something like that? Yeah. yeah. How old are you, Peter? Yeah, four years old. Four years four. old. Okay, wow. we're off by uh, just, you know, a fraction. But anyway, that's a great question, Peter. By the way, you have a great name, Peter, the rock on oh, whom yeah. the church is Kefa. built. So way yeah. to go. And uh, here's what I would suggest, Peter, for Lent for little boys, and that is try to be kind. <laughs> try to be a kind, loving human being. To you, especially your family, and especially to if you have siblings, if you have brothers or sisters, mm, yeah. that is huge. Like the Lord wants us to be people of gentleness, people of meekness. He says it in the Beatitudes, and so what that means is that you're going to bear wrongs patiently. So I would say patience, Peter. Have have more patience because our tendency with our fallen human nature is to just want to react right away. But if you could be more patient, more kind, especially to your siblings, and especially be more respectful and obedient to your parents. If your parents ask you to do something, I would say do it right away instead of dialoguing with them, instead of debating with them. Just do it right away. That shows uh, that you honor them, that you love them, that you honor God, that you love God. And then when you're, uh, this is a big one, when you're kind, 
gentle and forgiving to your brothers or sisters, especially when you don't think they deserve it, especially when you don't feel like it, that's when God is highly pleased. That's when you're practicing virtue. That's when Lent is really making a significant movement in your life. So Peter, I would say, be kind, be gentle, be patient. How about that? So try that, and then get back to me after Lent is through, and we'll see what we're, we're up against here. Hey, hey, Peter, can I ask you a question? Yeah? What is your favorite thing in the whole world? <laughs> I would say Legos. Lego. Lego. Oh, okay, yeah. here's, here's, oh, what, here's yes. what you do, Peter. Could you go one day well, have, without have... playing with Legos? What? Could you go a whole day? One whole day without playing with Legos. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no? I did that yesterday. You did that yesterday? Did that yesterday? Wow. Yesterday. He's well, ahead that, of the curve. You, you are ahead of the curve, Peter. That's, that's what I do sometimes. I give up the favorite thing in my life for a whole day and just give that to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love Legos, but today I won't play with any Legos because I love you more than I love Legos. That's true love. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You give up Legos. That's love. That's right. <laughs> Amen to that, Father. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on with us, Peter. Thank you for your great question. You're welcome. All right. You have an awesome Bye. day. <laughs> Bye. All right. Well, hey, are the mouths of babes? You know, absolutely. Wisdom that right is there. fantastic. One other thing during Latin, but you were gonna. I, I was going to say gulp that air. you can follow in Peter's uh, footsteps. <laughs> yes. By calling in at 877-795-0122 and getting in this conversation with Father Charles LaCroix. Maybe you want to know what you should do for Lent. Call in and ask Father. Yeah, ask me. Um, By the way, that's very theological of you, following the footsteps of Peter. Exactly. Amen. very profound. Anyway, so um, here's what I would suggest while people are dialing and calling and stuff like that. I'll give you my own two cents worth, and that is I would take up Lexio Divina, Mm. this holy reading. So... What is it? It's basically you grab the Bible, you read maybe, you know, I don't know, a half a chapter, four or five verses, whatever it is. Just pick a, a passage out of the Bible, read it. It's kind of the, the Lexio Divina is really good because you're forced to be silent. You're forced to be quiet for a few minutes. And God speaks to us mostly through silence. So if we want to allow God to bless us and to influence us and give us a new hope, a new joy that we might not have had before, incorporate a little bit of silence in your life. I would like to suggest people take the five-minute challenge. That is every day during Lent, just take five minutes and just be in God's presence. You don't have to do anything active. Just know that he is near. Be still and know that I am near, says the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. So Lexio Divina gives us this great opportunity to do that. So first we grab a little bit of the Bible, read it very deliberately. And, and then the next thing we do is we meditate on what we just read. So something will jump out at you. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it's something you never considered before. Maybe it's a question that you ha- may have. And so think of it as the Holy Spirit kind of enlightening you on things. So you meditate on that and you kind of... Uh, ruminate, if you will, on that word or that phrase. 
And so after that, you're like, wow, you know, that, that's pretty profound. And then, and then after that, you, you do a little prayer. You, you converse with God, like, God, what does that mean? Or God, that's really a good insight that you gave me. Or I never looked at it like that. And how does this affect my life? And what are you trying to tell me? And where do I go from here? So, and then the last step is you contemplate. You just kind of be, rest in God's presence, know that he's near like we talked about just prior. And just know that there's a God that loves you and wants you to be your all in all. So, so that, that would be, that would be my suggestion for Lent. Do a little five minute challenge every day, be quiet with the Lord. And a great way to do that is Lexio Divina, grab a little bit of the Bible, read a little bit of it, then uh, what jumps out at you and then converse with God and then just rest in his, his presence. So it's great. I think you'll, you'll have a sense of Especially when you're exasperated, you know, when you're irritated or something just unnerved you, you know, that's a time to to most that to most get with our Lord, and so have some quiet time with Him. A lot of people think, well, I don't have time to pray, or I'm too exasperated now to pray. But those are the times where you exactly most need it. When mm-hmm. you don't think you have the time, and when you don't feel like praying, those are the times when you most need to do it. And so, just force yourself, in a sense, to to sit down and, and have some quiet time with the Lord and he will not forget you. He will honor that. And it's great. I think you'll have a, a whole different perspective on things. And really life is about trying to see as God sees and see situations as he's did as he does, because no one comes in your life and no situation comes in your life without God's overall plan for you. So, and always know that he's always up to our, good and our welfare and never ill like we read in jeremiah he's always about our positive he's always wanting us to be as great of a masterpiece as he created us to be he's he never acts against us in fact he can't act against us that would be acting against his nature and that's something he cannot do so god will never ever do anything or allow anything that will hurt us and with that solace in mind we can kind of just give ourselves over to him live for him and him alone. Amen. All right. We'll call in with your questions or comments for Father Charles LaCroix at 877-795-0122, or you can look us up on Facebook and submit a question or comment there. Uh, Father, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with when you speak about Lexio Divina and listening to the Lord is um, what happens if I stop and listen and I don't hear anything? Yeah. What do I do then? Well, again, trust that's when you have to trust because a lot of people have this aridity in spirit but that's part of god's plan too mm-hmm. so you know he, sometimes he's going to give us all these consolations where we feel all great and warm and fuzzy about prayer sometimes not right and just like uh, when he uh sometimes when he cured people he wouldn't give them what they want right away because he wanted their faith to grow and so if god always gave us what we want when we wanted it we'd kind of be spiritually spoiled brats, yes. you know, in a sense. So <laughs> God knows what he's doing. And if he doesn't give us what we want, when we want it, we know he's got a better plan for us. And he knows, uh, we should know that he wants us either to grow in our faith or in another virtue so that he, he stretches us because if we never get our challenge, then we're never going to reach certain heights that we can only reach by being challenged, by being, uh, 
by by having to go through a trial or a tribulation or carry a cross. Right. Because, I mean, in all of our relationships in the course of our lives, there are times where the relationship just doesn't seem like it's all that thrilling, right? I mean, right. whether it be with their spouse or even with your kids or your parents or friends or whatever, there are times where it's just like, you know what, I'm not feeling it right now. And if right. we only check in when when the relationship is good, we're, we're set for a lot of heartache, a lot of ruined relationships, and really not growing in love at all. And that's that's the beauty of right. this fidelity to the Lord, right? In the yeah. midst of, of what might be difficult at times. Right. And, you know, our soul, we have intellect, we have will, we have emotions, and, you know, our feelings are great and everything, but we don't go by our feelings. We go by what intellectually we know is right, and then by, by our will we choose it. So if we always went by our feelings, we'd be in bad shape, yes. you know? So, yeah, feelings come and go, they're up and down, but that's not what we base our life on. We base our life on reason, what we know to be good, and we choose it, whether or not the feelings are there. And, you know, we want to, in a sense, train our feelings to want the good, the true and the beautiful, and the feelings will catch up to what we know is good. Sometimes we have to just choose it without the feelings because we know it's right, we know it's good, and we know we have to do it, like, for instance, prayer, and the feelings, uh, they'll catch up before too long. Absolutely. Amen to that. So call in, uh, with again, with your questions or comments for Father Charles LaCroix at 877-795-0122, or you can submit your questions or comments for Father on uh, Facebook. So we now have Mark from Campbell on the line. Mark, are you there? Yes. Great. Yes, Father, I have, I have a question. Yes, go ahead, Mark. Uh, when Jesus died on the cross... Yes. And it says he handed over his spirit. Right. Was that the Holy Spirit he handed over? Well, it was his, his spirit, because remember that Jesus has a human body and a human soul. So what he was saying there in giving over his spirit is that, I'm totally yours, God the Father. I am one with you. I Your will is my will. And so Jesus there saying, I'm giving myself over to you in reparation for the sins of all so and the because that's what the sacrifice is jesus is giving himself totally and so by jesus saying i'm i commend my spirit to you father what he's saying is i'm totally yours i offer you a hundred percent of everything that i am and everything that i have to you to make repair for this debt of sin and so jesus there on the cross is offering himself out of love for the father out of love for us and the Father accepts, receives that offering, and in his mercy, gives the world grace. Grace that was lost by our first parents, Adam and Eve. Grace that we need to live a great life here on this earth. And grace that we need to enter into heaven one day. So Jesus is saying, I commend my spirit, which is the last thing he did on the cross. He's saying, I'm giving you myself totally over to you, Father, in reparation to make repair out of love for these people. So... Uh, that's what it means. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in, Mark. Great question. And that's the that's the pivotal, you know, of the seven last statements of Jesus, that's the last one. I commend my spirit to yeah. you. And so uh, and the prior to that he says it is finished. In other words, the sacrifice, the debt of sin has been totally repaired now as I give myself over to you, and then I commend my spirit so that you know, this shows the unity of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, call in at 877-795-0122. Get in on this Straight Talk segment with Father Charles LaCroix. That's 877-795-0122 or submit a question on Facebook. And the, oh. Yeah, just uh, yeah, do the Facebook thing, the phone thing. But it also kind of reminded me, Mark's question is that, you know, during Lent, hopefully we can more and more appreciate Mass because what Mass is is our participation in the greatest event that ever happened. Yeah an event that happened in time, but also in eternity. So we might think of, in addition to Sunday Mass, to go to Mass during Lent, maybe one additional time a week or whenever we can, because Mass is the most powerful, significant, meaningful, life-changing, earth-changing, eternally changing thing that you could do during your lifetime on Earth. Mm -hmm. You know, if you found a cure for cancer, that would be great, wonderful. If you could um, manufacture food that everybody could eat and nobody could starve, that's and find a, a governmental system that could do that, you know, yeah. uh, that'd be great and awesome. But uh, the greatest thing that you could do actually in your lifetime on earth is celebrate mass because you're participating in salvation. You're participating in people being saved because when we participate in mass, what we're doing is participating in the event that changed the world, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Without that, we would not have any hope for heaven. So when you participate in mass, you're, uh, bringing down, if you will, through the through your baptism, you're grafted into the royal priesthood of Jesus so you can uh, participate in the sacrifice. So in the one sacrifice that changed the world, what you're doing when you go to Mass, you don't realize it maybe, is that you're bringing grace for those that you love and indeed the whole world. Grace that will lead to conversion, grace that will lead to, you know, an end to abortion, grace that will lead to so many good things. Mm -hmm. And you're actually helping people to heaven by going to Mass. So there's no more important thing that you could do than help yourself, help your family, help others to go to heaven. And I'm pretty convinced that in heaven, you're, you're going to meet people that you never met on earth that are going to thank you, and they're going to thank you because you participated in Mass, and God gave them grace yeah. because of your participation. Because Jesus gained all the grace that we'll need to for anyone throughout the history of the world to attain heaven. He gave us Obviously, through his death and resurrection, he gives us and gained for us this infinite amount of grace. But he communicates the grace, he distributes the grace, he meets out the grace through the Mass. So anybody that gets grace and any of the other sacraments get their power and effect because of Mass. So this is why, you know, whenever there's a, a great thing happening in the church, a Pope visit, whatever, it's mm -hmm. uh, there's always a Mass involved because we realize that without the Mass, you know, nothing will happen. No one will go to heaven and there'd be less peace on earth than we have right now. Yeah. So try, if you can, the best you can to go to mass, do it for yourself, do it for your family, do it for some sinner out there that needs conversion, do it for somebody who maybe has lost hope and needs hope right now. So you're going to mass not only for yourself, but you're going for indeed the whole world and, yeah. and, and those you love. So get out to mass if you can. Uh, in addition to your Sunday Mass obligation. One, uh, one extra aspect of the, the beauty of going to Mass, above and beyond anything else that we can do, is that it is the, you know, as Americans, we're very moved by injustice, right? We're, yeah. Justice is a, is a big thing for us, and we're incensed when we see injustice. And, and yet Mass is the greatest act of justice mm -hmm. to the greatest, uh, to him who is just, right? right. St. Augustine talked about in his, his great work, The City of God, how you have the city of man and the city of God, and the city of man will never be uh, true. It will never be authentic. It will never be just until it gives right, true justice to God who yeah. is the author of life. And justice and is giving 
people what they're doing. What do we? Yep. What does do God? What do we owe Him? Everything. So we have to come and adore Him, worship Him, give Him glory, honor, thanks, and praise. And we unite ourselves to the one perfect offering of Jesus Christ, Amen. who is the extreme act of justice. Right. Right. Awesome. May repair. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. We you got it. Having you with us I like you guys. Uh, this is a great tandem. The two, the it's two fun. guys. It's fun. The We're two gents. Well, awesome. Any, any, again, Brad, time is valuable time, but could you leave us with your blessing, please, Father? <laughs> Absolutely. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 We'll stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side of this quick break with more fantastic goodness, audio goodness, as Eli likes to say, uh, with uh, Real Presence Live. We got... Uh, the 10-minute tour coming up. We've got some personal stories of how healing uh, paved the way to sharing our faith with others, how one couple who was ready to call it quits in their marriage found strength and renewal they needed to hold it together. Lots more coming up on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Right back. 